It's a podcast, folks, and I'm Paul Daniels. You'll like this. Not a lot, but you'll like it. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one, zero, zero, dead. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of the Dead Air Podcast. I'm Nick. And I've got loads to talk about. And that is Rob. And this week is a special edition because we've got a special interview with a special guest. Who? Paul Daniels. Oh yeah. Childhood hero of Rob and mine. Yep. And uh, we were very, very lucky to meet Mr Daniels last week. And even more lucky that he agreed to give us some of his time to do an interview for the podcast. We will get to that very shortly, but first, we're going to start with the news. After 37 years, Microsoft has made a computer. Yes, this is the story Whoa, 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 hang on. Microsoft have made their first computer. Surely they are being the experts in all things computer-related. They've got a case and a motherboard and there's a bit of memory and put a hard drive in it. Even 15-year-old kids in their bedrooms have been making computers. They've only just made their first computers? That's it. I'm, you know, no wonder Apple's doing so well. As difficult as it is to believe, Microsoft have never made a computer in their history. That's amazing. They only make software. So how did they test all their software? By getting other companies to make computers and putting their software on it. Well, like Dell? Dell, HP, Gateway, Lenovo, IBM, all these other companies, they all use Microsoft. That's crazy. So what have they called this new computer? The Surface. The Surface? It's because, you know the iPad? Yeah. It's a bit like an iPad. Right. But it has a keyboard that connects to it to make it into a kind of laptop. Okay. But you can connect a keyboard and mouse and screen to it and use it like a normal computer. Does it have the new Windows 8 operating system on it? It has Windows 8 on it, Oh, which is the whole point of it. But hang on a minute, Windows 8 isn't that good. We're going to talk about Windows 8 a lot in this podcast because it just came out this week. But the point here is that Microsoft, although they've made hardware like keyboards, do you remember the Microsoft keyboards that had the keys that were half and half? Yeah. And they were sort of angled and they were ergonomic do you yeah, remember the, those? the natural keyboard. That was it, the natural keyboard. Do you remember the Microsoft mouse? Yes. Very, very nice mouse. And the joystick. They made some nice joysticks. Yeah. They, of course, make the Xbox 360. They make good webcams. They do make good webcams. So they do make some hardware. But they just don't know how to put a computer together. They've never made a computer. Wow. Now, they have. No wonder Windows 8's no good. They spent all these years trying to make a computer, and they've forgotten about making Windows 8. Well... I don't know about that. I mean, we're going to talk about Windows 8 later. Okay. But um, obviously the reason they've done this is in response to Apple, who right. are absolutely dominating with their iPad. Yes. And they've even brought out a new iPad this week, which is very clever timing. And a new laptop and a new computer. Yeah. So Microsoft take 37 years to make their first computer, and within one week, Apple have made three or four. Well, Apple have had the edge for a long time, you see. Ah, so Microsoft have got a Surface... And Apple have got an edge. This is moment. This is time. For Rob's tip of the week. 
people fed up of being scammed, having all their money taken out, their bank accounts and stuff. Oh, online fraud. Yes. It's a big problem. I've come up with a really, really good idea to fool the fraudsters. Yes. You know all these social networking, which, you know, where everyone gets all people's details from? Facebook. Yeah. What you need to do is change your date of birth in the uh, Facebook so it doesn't actually tell people what your real date of birth is. So when they apply for your birth certificates to try and get your bank accounts and all the rest of it, they won't be able to find you. That's a brilliant idea. That's very good advice, and it's coincidentally the same advice given by Andy Smith, who's the Chief of Internet Security at the Cabinet Office. What, he gave the same advice? Exactly the same. He said... Hang on, has he hacked into my computer with all my notes on? I think he must have done. What probably happened is he got your Facebook details up, found your date of birth, and then got your birth certificate, and figured out how to open another account, and then that's how he got your password... Anyway, he said this week that... I'm angry now. Any information you put online... I'm outraged. ...can be used against you. Name, date of birth, address. If you put that information in a public forum... Yeah. ...that information could be used to commit fraud against you. Mm. So he suggested that people put false information... Yes. ...as a way of protecting themselves. Well, obviously not your false name, because no one would find you. No, but address. Don't put your address online, basically. No. What he's essentially saying is, don't put all your details online so that the whole world can see them. No. Which is what you've just said. Yes. Well, it turns out that everyone's reacted to this in a really strange way, because they're all calling for his resignation, saying that he's irresponsible, and that this is very bad advice, and that this is extremely the wrong thing to say. So so what you're saying is, I'm irresponsible and I'm giving out bad advice? Yes. (laughs) Well, one of the MPs, Helen Goodman... She has described the comments as totally outrageous. You know why? Why? Because they want all the people on the internet to have their real information so that when they commit a crime, they can find them. So I went to the opening night of Skyfall. Skyfall has and Skyfall. That's my rendition of the Skyfall theme. What do you I think s- of the theme tune? The theme tune's not that bad. Did you think that it was in the top ten of Bond theme tunes? It's probably in the top ten because I it's gotta quite be recent. honest, I don't like the theme tune. No. I think it's very weak. I'm not sure that you'd like the film either. I like the trailer. Mm. Looks makes the film look really exciting. Thing, it wasn't really a, a James Bond film. Did you attend the opening gala night premiere then? Might have done. With all the top stars? Yeah. Why didn't you interview someone for the podcast? Because we got Paul Daniels this week. Of course. And he's miles better. Obviously. How silly of me. Skyfall, it's a really weird film. Okay, in what way? Well, for a start, the name Skyfall, there's like only one minor reference to that. You know, in GoldenEye, it was all about GoldenEye. It was like this thing. Yeah, it was like a thing that controlled satellites. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you what Skyfall is. And the man is. with the golden gun was about a man who had a golden gun. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what Skyfall is. Okay. But I'll, I'll tell you in a roundabout sort of way why I'm sort of thinking it's a bit weird. 
Is it about the sky falling? Well, that's what you think. You yeah. think that James Bond film, he's going to save the planet. Some baddie has taken over some satellites that yeah. can take away the sky. Like a weather and satellite. Yeah, and he's holding the world to ransom. Mm. No, but let's just imagine that somebody in the film had a pet dog and his name was Skyfall. Let's call this film Skyfall. That's how irrelevant to the whole film Skyfall is. Mm, interesting. So the film could have just been as likely to have been called Jasper. Yes. Or Fred. Fred. Bertie. Bertie, yeah, or Rover. Rover. That's a good one. Yep. So it could be James Bond in Rover. Yep. They, he had... Uh, but some, he, dri- he drives a BMW, doesn't he? He had some gadgets in this one. You missed that one. What? That was a good joke. I'll listen to it back and laugh. All right, carry on. He had some gadgets in this one. What's the best gadget? Um... A radio tracker. Oh, like a like what I've got on my mobile phone. Yeah, right. Anything else? He got a gun. Gun. Yep. Good. Now let's talk about his gun. Okay. Well, why is it, James? Yeah. Why has he got the worst gun in the world? Is it the worst gun in the world? It's really small barreled, so it's totally inaccurate. Yeah, but come on, he's James Bond. I don't think he shot anybody in this film. Mm. And the fact the film wasn't even about him anyway. Did he kiss any beautiful women? Probably. Oh, well, at least that's something. But it was packed. The whole cinema was packed. So it had gadgets, it had girls, and it had guns. If you can call... So a, it was like a 3G... A movie. radio tracking device a gadget, then yes, he did. Mm. And if you can call a gun another gadget, then yeah, he had that as well. Fair enough. So I'm going to give it four stars. But four stars is very good. It barely made four stars. Was it almost a three? It was almost a three. I think I'll wait for it to come on DVD. But they made a lot of money on this film. Queues were huge. Well, of course, there's a queue in it, isn't there? There wasn't in the previous ones. Well, that's why they had such long queues for it, probably. You don't have to be posh to listen to the Dead Air podcast. You don't need four years, no claims either. About two months ago, I was sitting at my desk... Doing some work. But weren't you sitting at your desk yesterday? No, I'm telling a story now. Oh, okay. About two months ago, I found out that there was a Paul Daniels show. Yes. And I went online and I found the website for it and I bought the tickets there and then. Yeah. And I didn't even ring you and ask you. I just bought two tickets. Well, you know I would want to go. Exactly. And me and Rob have been fans of Paul Daniels basically since we were little. We've had Paul Daniels magic sets given to us as kids. Books. Books. Paul Daniels' decks of cards. Um, we've been watching Paul Daniels' TV show. Whizbit. Uh, basically, we're big Paul Daniels fans. Odd one out. And we one of the, one of the reasons that we are friends with each other is because our magic sort of interest sort of thing. You know, we've got that in common. Every second counts. And when I found out that Paul Daniels was doing a live show, I immediately bought two tickets. And after I'd bought them, I sent Rob a message saying... Do you want to come and watch Paul Daniels? Like he was going to say no. And then about a week before we went to the show, I said, why don't we send Paul Daniels an email and ask him if he'll let us interview him? Yeah. And Rob said... Please. No, you didn't. You said, well, he's not going to read an email from us, is he? I might have said that, yeah. So do you know what? We sent him an email anyway. Yeah. And we said, we do, do we do this podcast and can we interview you? And we just sent it and see what would happen. Wipe out. The next day got an answer from paul daniels and he said i'm a bit busy but i'll try and speak to you after the show so we went to the show 
the best show ever. We were super excited. Right at the front. We're talking about Paul Daniels all the way there. Mm-hmm. And we watched the show. The show was brilliant. He was his usual self, very relaxed, very um, fluid. You know, he didn't stumble or... I would put his show as more of an entertaining show yeah. than just a magic show. Paul Daniels is the kind of guy who you could just have to give an after-dinner speech, for example, yep. and, and in any situation, and he'll just do it because he's just a natural speaker and he just, you know, not like I am doing now. <laughs> Debbie was great. Yeah, Debbie McGee was there and she was really good as well. She did her own tricks. Yeah, and she looks amazing as well. In fact, to be honest with you, she looked exactly the way she did when she was on telly like 20 years ago. She hasn't changed. She's a bit bigger. Oh, yeah, because in those days we had small TVs. Yeah. And now, you know, we saw her sort of in person. But, um, yeah, so we interviewed him. And here's the interview. You are listening to the Dead Air Podcast. And the first thing we asked him was, what the heck is Twitter? And here's what he said. Now, sir. Can you tell us? Yes, sir. What is Twitter? What is Twitter? And what is the point of it? Uh, oh, both I can answer that. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, first of all, uh, you'll have heard of Facebook. Yes. Well, that's for old people. And us kids love Twitter. Facebook, for me, is too uh, complicated. It's not complicated, it's messy. You have to click over here, you have to click over there. But if you're on Twitter and you download something like uh, TweetDeck, yes. all the columns... You know, people who follow you, people who don't follow you and all that, just send messages, are all in front of you in one go. You don't have to click all over the place. Next, it's limited to 140 characters, which makes you very succinct in your message. Very funny. I like it because it makes me laugh a lot. I will launch a joke out there, a funny line, and wait for the responses, and they make me laugh. It's uh, When somebody comes on to my Twitter, which is at the Paul Daniels, I... We follow you already. You follow me already? Yes. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. I think you stalk me. Anyway, so <laughs> the, so when, when they come on and they use foul languages, they're insulting and that, it's so easy. You just go block and you never hear from them again, you know? So for all those reasons, I like Twitter and it enables me... I think I've got about 46,000 people follow me now. And it enables me to instantly inform them about like gigs like tonight. Who do you follow? I, tend to, I don't follow all that many people because I don't... You know, these stars who allegedly are writing on there and really, you know, they've got staff doing it, something like that. Well, I, I try to answer as many as I can. And so I can't follow more people than I am following. I tend to follow people in the business like Kev Orkian, who if you ever get the chance to see him, go see him. He's really funny. He's a really good... And he's a good actor and he's a good dancer and he's a good singer and I hate him. (laughs) And so he was on my last tour with me. Um, And people like that. I, I followed Stephen Fry for a very long time, but Stephen started to get a bit hyper on there and he flooded my inbox too many times so now I just dip into him if you'll pardon the expression (laughs) and so uh, it tends to be people in show business who I know so after that I'm now an expert in Twitter I've installed TweetDeck on my phone I'm tweeting all the time now 
Well, we've been saying for ages that we don't know how to use Twitter. No. And it took Paul Daniels to explain it to us. And it was worth the whole trip just for that. Yep. But then we asked him more questions. We did. We asked him what he thought about technology. And we asked him if he liked iPads and stuff like that. And what did he say? This is what he said. I don't... I'm not an Apple man. I'm a PC man. Okay. And it's interesting. I heard a comment recently from a man who... I can't name because he does stuff for Apple. Mm. But he can't do his big stuff on an Apple because it's not fast enough, they're not big enough, they can't handle it, you know? Uh, I've always been a PC man because I know if I uh, right-click, I'll get the menu, and if I left-click, I'll get the action. Yeah. And when Apple... I bought an, an iMac, you know, iMac Pro, and I took it back 12 months later, and the girl's uh, in America, and she said, this is the most user-friendly uh, computer on the planet. And Apple people will always say that. Obviously. Obviously. In that case, my response was, turn around, honey. <laughs> you see all those lines waiting to see people you call geniuses to explain what the hell it's about. How can you say it's user-friendly if you've got all those lines and if you need geniuses? You don't need a genius to handle a PC. So he's a PC man, then? He is. Paul Daniels is a PC. If they did those adverts again... They could get him to be the guy who says, I'm a PC. Now, I downloaded an app that yeah. he made for the iPhone. The calculator app. Yep, it's like an effect for predicting numbers. So I thought I'd ask him about it. Yeah, that's a fairly recent thing. That, that was put out there so people... I mean, I know a pro magician who uses it. Yeah. Um, but I put that out there because I'm always being asked, will you teach me a trick? Mm. And this is a really good baffling trick. Yes. If you've read the instructions and you do it properly, that will baffle people. It's a good it yeah, a good. it's a good app. Yeah. So we asked him about technology, yep. and he was very happy to talk about that. Yep. But obviously, you can't not ask him about magic. Well, I knew that Paul Daniels has got a good sense of humour. Mm -hmm. And there's a question I've always wanted to ask him. And what was the question, Rob? If you cut a lady in half with the, you know, the woman lying down in a box illusion. The sawing in half. The sawing half trick. Yeah. Does it affect her fertility? And this is the answer straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, well, it depends. If you cut her lengthways, I right. would say yes. How did I keep a straight face then? Anyway, yeah. I don't know, but I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, he's depressed. It wasn't the answer he wanted. No, yes. he's been rehearsing that question yes. for a week. <laughs> I did ask him a serious question. You did? I did. I played to you. Um, when I was a kid, there was a, an act on the uh, TV that I've always wanted to know about, but I couldn't remember the name of the act. So I asked him, and he told me. Uh, you could get confused there with Les Bub, right. who was a mime act, mime act, who used to put loads of rubber bands all over his face. Right. Well, Les Bub used to do that. It was a comedy bit. Yeah. Um, and there's other people pulled rubber balloons over their heads and blown up water bottles. We had all sorts of weird acts mm. on, you know. Um, but I spent 16 delirious years watching the greatest acts in yes. the world who were different, yep. you know. Now we just offered um, amateurs on, mm. on things like X Factor. Uh, I grew up through a programme called Opportunity Knocks, yes where a man called Huey Green weeded out the bad acts mm. before and only showed you people of a certain level. 
they may not have all been great, but at least they'd achieved a certain level. Whereas now they think it's funny to take the mickey out of people who are sometimes, sadly, look a little backward. And I just think that's cruel, and I don't like those programmes for that reason. Next, we asked him about Paul Daniels' products. Yep. And he told us a really good story about a computer game that he'd made. Yep, and he made a virus to go along with it. And here's the story. You won't have the Paul Daniels Magic Adventure, which put together for Atari. Right. You won't have that one, will you? <laughs> no, that was evil. Don't get if you get your hands on it. Be very, very careful because it needed the dongle uh, for it to operate. And um, if people copied it, uh, there was something written into it so that the fella doing the copy, uh, playing the copied version, it would actually wipe his computer. Is there no end to his talents? This guy's way ahead of his time. Wow. What they should do that on software now. Yes. I hope he hasn't inserted some special phrase into his interview that will wipe our podcast like put big gaps in it yeah no he wouldn't do that no i don't think he would either okay now i had always loved the illusion he did when i was a kid with a racing car and a crate in the middle of the track oh is that the one where if he got into trouble he had to stick a flag out of it Otherwise, he'd get run over. Yeah. And what it was is he got the famous racing driver there to drive the car. Yep. He got in the crate. Jackie Stewart. Yeah. And then a crane lifted the crate onto the track. And the racing driver went all the way on the track and smashed the crate to bits. Wow. But the twist was that when the racing driver got out of the car, that was Paul Daniels. And the, ra- the real racing driver was driving the crane. And I loved that trick. And it totally blew me away. So I asked him about it. And he wasn't very happy about some uh, recent BBC programme that had redone it. Here's what he had to say. I don't know if you saw that truly naff version that they they copied and put on uh, BBC's programme, The Magicians. No. They copied three illusions that we'd done. They didn't ask permission. They didn't uh, pay me any copyright for development time and all that. And it was just truly... Naff, mm. with a single decker bus travelling to about three miles a fortnight. Where's the excitement in that? Mm. I actually learned to drive Silverstone. My last lesson was from Jackie Stewart himself when I thought I was really good. And when Jackie was driving, I thought I'd been going backwards with the brakes on. Man, is that a driver. Yeah, really good. With that in mind, we asked him why modern magic shows aren't as good and as big as they were Back in the day. Yeah, but one of, the, one of the problems, one of the main problems is, you see, that most magicians and young guys are hooked on close-up magic, uh, card tricks yeah. and stuff like that. Then the TV companies book them and then they try to get them to do other stuff and they can't handle it. And I'm doing all these seminars at the moment trying to persuade young guys particularly to look at stuff off the top of a table. You know, you must read about all kinds of magic if you really want to be good. Because the illusions, oddly enough, which people think are the easiest to present, are the hardest. And they think, oh, no, it's a box, you open the lid. No, 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 you've got to know stagecraft. You know, you've got to know about lighting, you've got to know about music, you've got to know everything. It's much much bigger theatre. And so I'm trying to get people to move out. And somebody will 
learn it all and, and maybe go around. everything comes round, there'll be a, another guy. The problem is they don't really mix it up. I mean, I like David Copperfield, nice guy, mm. but he only ever did one show a year, mm. you know? Uh, Dynamo. I was with Dynamo and Blaine in uh, Portugal uh, a couple of months back. And they only do, like, one show every nuttons. Whereas we were churning them out every week at a high level because I had been brought up on a wide range of magic. I can just about do anything, you know, with magic. And that's not conceit, that's just training. Next, we asked him about performance techniques and the way that a magician actually delivers a trick. And was that the bit where I nearly killed him with yeah, the table? You, we sort of we were leaning on the table and it started rolling away from us and it almost crushed him. Yeah. So we almost killed Paul Daniels. Sorry. That would have been quite a big exclusive. <laughs> yeah. But luckily we didn't. We did not kill Paul Daniels, just to make that clear. And now because this is an audio, I'll show you a trick. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, if if his hands are moving all over the place, you know, like I just did, the um, he he is obviously doing the magic. Yes. You know what I mean? But supposing nothing happens, just supposing nothing happens. So when you do that, there's no movement at all. Just for the tape, that was one of the most amazing was, things I've that seen. Was perfect. Yeah. The cards changed and my hands didn't do anything. So that to me is more magical. It's a more magical moment. Yep. And it's on wheels. You're moving the table, aren't you? <laughs> Trying Sorry. to crush Paul Daniels. But that's because you've practiced for Well it's a it's a derivative. I mean in the, in Victorian times it was quite a complicated move. You had to do that, 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 that to make it change. He's done it again. <laughs> and yeah, but you see my hands were all over the place. Yep. In the version I showed you there was no hands moving all over the place. You know what I mean? Yep. So when you do that, the King of Diamonds changes silently into the Six of Clubs, and this one has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> there was another card there, folks. I cheated yet again. And that was our interview with the wonderful Paul Daniels. It was magic. And the guy, honest, honestly, the guy was a legend. Yes. Very genuine guy. Very nice, had Very all funny. the time in the world for us. It was just, it. to be honest, I felt like we could have talked to him for another half an hour and he wouldn't have minded. Oh, I'm not sure about that. No, he would. I mean, it was got to the point where I was thinking, we yeah, did try and kill him. Everyone in the whole building is waiting to go home. Can we just let everyone go home now? But he was, he was amazing. And um, I've met quite a lot of famous people in my life and they're always all right with you, but... Paul Daniels, definitely the top experience. In a class of his own. He really is in a class of his own. And um, I think that wraps up the uh, podcast this week, Rob. Yep. Unless you've got anything else you'd like to talk about. Well, there is this thing called Windows 8. Of course, we need to do the technology news. The technology news. I almost forgot. Technology news on the Dead Air podcast. So... Windows 8. Yes. It has come out after almost a year of hype. Yes. Uh, we had it about a year ago. Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. Nor do I. It's awful. It's, it's terrible. terrible. Yep. Microsoft, please stop 
doing this. Your operating systems are a nightmare. Unless you've got a tablet. It works nice on a tablet. Yeah, it's all right. Just stick to what you know. You know, Windows XP, that's the best operating system. They should have just carried on improving Windows XP, making it faster, Mm. making it load quicker, making it more reliable. Windows 7 is very good. I like 7. But Windows 8, avoid. That's the advice from the Dead Air podcast. Avoid Windows 8. Avoid Windows 8. Well, Rob, we've come to the end of our special podcast. Yep. Could this be a new direction for the podcast, do you think? A new direction? Yeah, where we interview people. No one's going to be as good as Paul Daniels. Obviously, but we should at least try. Maybe we could interview Debbie McGee. Or Clive Sinclair. Clive Sinclair. He'd be a good one. He'd be a good one. We need to think of really interesting people that we can find and we can talk to them about what they think about technology and the way it's going. What about Alan Sugar? If we could interview him, that'd be good. He doesn't know much about technology. Of course he does. He just buys out other companies. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. He's more of a business expert than yeah. a computer expert, isn't he? Hmm. Uh, but Paul Daniels isn't a computer expert. We still talk to him about technology. Turns out he is a computer expert. Yeah, it turns out he is. He really knows his stuff. He does. He could do good tricks too. Mm. What we need to do is learn how to make a laptop disappear or something and then do that trick for Paul Daniels. Or do it in curries. <laughs> no, I think we'd get arrested if we did it there. Not if we were good. Well, we'll have to see. Why don't we design some kind of an illusion around computers Okay. and perform it? All we need is loads of time to practice... Loads of equipment, loads of know-how, loads of money. And a big curtain. Yeah. We haven't actually got any of those things, but we could at least do it small scale. I could stitch some bed sheets together. I know one where you get a handkerchief. Yeah. And you lie it on the top of the phone, and then you lift the handkerchief up really quickly and the phone disappears. Okay. But it's just because you hold it, you know, through the handkerchief. You're not supposed to tell people how it's done. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you're going to be in trouble. I'm never going to get into the magic circle now. No, and Paul will never speak to you again. I, I'm, can I take it back? You can always edit the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, that's the end of the podcast this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, and make sure you tune in next week or download it on iTunes or visit the website and all that sort of stuff. Rob, what do you want to say? Thanks, Paul. We love you, Paul. Good night. I love you you too. It's been a pressure. A pleasure. Amazing. (laughs) Joke about magic. Go on then. What do you call a magician without a wand? No idea. Anything you like, he can't do any spells on you. Magicians don't do spells, that's wizards. Don't ruin my joke.